0: I'm Lauren
1: and I'm Eric.
0: Over the past year, we've connected dozens of classic Shira episodes to modern progressive issues.
1: But we're not done yet. She-Ra. She-Ra, she-Ra.
0: In this second season of our show, I'm no longer a newbie to Etheria.
1: This year, we're taking a higher level view of the characters and issues that face the Princess of Power.
0: We're as interested as ever in how those issues connect to our current political landscape.
1: So join us as we look back to the 80s and forward to the Netflix reboot of one of our favorite cartoons. This, this is She Ra, She-Ra, Progressive of, of Power. She-Ra, She-Ra. Good evening, everybody. Hi. Welcome back to uh, our live finale of She-Ra, Progressive of Power. We are not talking about She-Ra or progressive politics tonight. <laughs> we just watched the 1987 Masters of the Universe live action movie and we're going to jam about it for a while. And the reason we're doing that is because, uh, so our season premiered this year, we watched the Toys That Made Us documentary on Netflix. And Lauren, I think that was the first time you learned that there was a live action Masters of the Universe movie, right?
0: Yes. This was not something I was tuned into. Uh, I mean, kind of the theme of the whole podcast was that I was a little young and I missed this I missed this whole thing. So we're back to our original premise, which is you showing me something I've never seen before.
1: The difference <laughs> is that I showed you Shira because I love it and I showed you this because you asked to see it. so
2: we're, we're a, gonna get
1: that's into a it.
0: Loose we, way uh, of describing it We're gonna
1: somewhere. keep it tight because I know it's it's on the later side. Thank you all for being here. We love celebrating with you. This is the end of our second season of our show. We're looking forward to the Netflix show. Uh, but until then, let's jam on this movie for a while. So, Lauren, would you like to introduce our guests?
0: Sure. Uh, first of all, before we get to the people on the stage, uh, I'd like everyone in the audience to do a visual thing, which won't translate to audio at all. Uh, just raise your hand if you've been on Shira Progressive of Power. If you've been our guest, look before. at that. Can we just have up some applause? <laughs> yeah,
1: we have some <laughs> cousins. <customers. laughs> I mean, Uh, uh, everyone's beautiful. Everyone's a stud, but...
0: I consider it such an honor that uh, these people who I sort of harass into coming onto our show actually join our community and come back (laughs) and attend these parties. Uh, I'm just so, so grateful that you're all here with us today, and thank you for coming. This is a celebration of you as well as the season closing. Uh, That's why we buy you wine and beer.
1: (laughs) PBR, baby.
0: There's plenty
3: left. The classiest. Uh,
0: The two latest members of our guest family, uh, we have here with us today John Clark. John Clark is an old friend of mine. I come on his uh, podcast, Caffeinated Comics, all the time. Uh, he told me I'm the only person he can get to talk about The X-Files. No one else watches that
4: show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, and now they're not going to make it anymore. <laughs> the so new I, one? I yeah. Guess,
0: um. I guess I'm off the show forever. Uh, next, no, we'll and
4: figure <laughs>
3: out something else. No.
0: We also have Symphony Sanders. Uh, you might know her from Welcome to Night Vale. Mm-hmm. Symphony, actually, you, you went have- to my college.
3: Yeah, right? we went, well, not together, but right.
0: we both separately. went to Bradley University, and uh, I kind of came in as I her was- generation was on the way out. but. Okay after school we found each other and uh, now she's honoring us by being on our show. So please welcome John and Symphony.
1: Now, usually we do a recap of what we just watched. Is it worth going through the plot of this? Uh, No.
0: I don't think we need to go through the plot. What I want to do, if possible, is do it exactly like we did the holiday special, which is the audience recap. Okay. And we can include our guests, but the way this works is you guys tell us what you just witnessed as close... (laughs) As close to chronological order as possible.
1: As if we're a car crash. (laughs) What what did we just see? As if the
0: police showed up and asked you, what heinous thing did you just (laughs) witness?
1: I'll kick it off. The film starts on Eternia, Skeletor has won, and He-Man and his band of rebels are exiled. Which we do not see. We do not see Skeletor's victory. Correct. We just see him ascendant.
0: This is already stuff that I didn't know. I'm already <laughs> off the rails. Well,
1: there's, hold on. Just so, there's no like there's no context leading up to this movie. Just so you know, it's not like a follow uh, following the cartoon. They just drop you in. Right. Like there's no basis for this. So you knew as much as anybody. Okay.
3: Yeah, you're not missing out. Yeah. So Skeletor
1: wins. Key man's exiled. Then what happens?
2: He rescues the inventor, Keymaker.
1: Yes, he rescues the keymaker whose name is Gwildor. And what's Gwildor's deal? He's like Hoggle from Labyrinth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is he a stand for Orko? Is he's
2: he's low-budget Orko. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, think he, he, I think a lot of
4: the character designs in this, I think they tried to make those characters and the went... Those are not our characters.
1: (laughs) And they had to change the name. Funny you say that. Well, I want to come back to that. Uh, Something I learned from one of our other guests in the audience earlier that's pretty astute. But so we have low low budget Orko, and he's a key maker. And so he made a key that lets Skeletor go right into Snake Mountain. And he has a prototype. And Skeletor wants the prototype now. But what happens with the prototype?
3: Courtney Cox finds it.
1: That's right, because they're on Earth. Earth. (laughs) And Courtney Cox and Tom Paris find it. <laughs> exactly right. Tom Paris is like a Bon Jovi wannabe playing keyboard in abandoned New Jersey. It's
0: like, best, it's like their last hot date, and they choose a cemetery.
3: Were you a guy, over yeah. forest cow?
0: Well, our parents uh, was, did
3: die.
0: Forest cow. Forest cow. Forest cow yeah. There was
3: a cow <laughs> in the forest, forest <laughs>
2: of New Jersey. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's a big sequence where we reveal that they're on Earth, and then we spend some time getting to know the characters, and I honestly kind of lose the film at this point for a second. I lose the
4: film
3: where, (laughs) at the moment where
1: Gwildor,
4: where he has invented this bomb that opens portals... And when he turns it on, he is more surprised than anybody.
3: <laughs> He's like, it's working! And I'm like, you invented it. He <laughs> don't know what it does. But he doesn't know how it works or how to work it. He almost, like, he doesn't know the correct keys or the placement he, of the he keys. He can't remember, like, a seven-note
1: melody that <laughs> is the to fixing the movie at
4: the end. Well, this is the most... Uh, I I wouldn't say it's the most confusing movie I've ever seen it's the most confused movie (laughs) every character spends the entire movie going what's going on who are you what what does
1: this thing do every single character feels like the audience maybe maybe instead of Recapping the plot, I'd love to know, what are our baselines for this movie? So Lauren came in not knowing anything. Uh, I, I saw the movie when I was a kid. I haven't seen it for like a decade, and I've always been kind of down on it. But Symphony and John, I think you guys have some yeah. more interesting thoughts than I do. Maybe I
0: opposing thoughts.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, okay, look, I watched this movie a lot <laughs> as a child. We uh, VHS taped it off of HBO because my parents We're rich. (laughs) That's what it means if you have HBO, right? Yeah. I didn't have HBO. As a kid, right? I I know so many people are like, oh, I didn't have cable. And I'm like, we did. Um, So, you know, that part, we had taped it. And we would watch that and Howard the Duck. So, I mean, that maybe gives you an idea of where I'm at with it. But we watched it because it was like fun and like I always love action-y sort of things, but like and Dolph Lundgren, I mean, come on! <laughs>
0: so I was talking to Symphony on Facebook when I was sort of testing the waters if she would do this thing for us. <laughs> tonight. And I was like, hell yeah! That is, in so many words, because she said that she cried when the movie was taped over. Yeah, I was really upset. And I was upset. like, you have to come on this show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what did it get taped over with, do you remember? My dad taped over it with a Goddamn football game.
2: Oh. Yeah? Okay, so we
3: had uh, Masters of the Universe and then we had taped Howard the Duck right after it. So we would generally... That's like sit your da- only tape. Then yeah. I had one tape. We would sit... Because yeah, so like you were one rich. Tape. That's what I'm saying. So we would sit down like on a Saturday. It would just make it easier to just like watch them all like right away <laughs> instead of being like, oh, we have to watch this and then switch out the tape. No, nah, no. Nah. We were like all at once and
0: this tape had a label on it that was like dad do not touch and this he just he tweet.
3: was like not paying attention just like, totally like did it and it was like half we didn't even know and we were watching it and halfway through the movie it just like was like and then it was a football game oh. <laughs> he did not even rewind no yeah. he he was not kind he did not
1: rewind you <laughs> <laughs> only a half of a he-man movie yeah wow which is worse is it worse or better Oh, I don't know. <laughs> With this movie, I think it makes no difference at all. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. I would just watch it and be like, "Oh, they're playing a football game. Now.
1: <laughs> Accurate. How about you, John? What's your what's uh,
4: I'm on the opposite ones? spectrum where I'm, old, I'm a little older, so I was I was old enough when the toys first came out, which was actually like a year or two before the cartoon. I got He-Man, Skeletor, in Castle Grayskull, and I thought they were awesome, and they had the little comic books, and Bruce Timm drew the comic books, yeah. and it was really serious, and then the cartoon came on, and I just stopped getting the toys, but I watched the cartoon every day, and I was old enough, because this comes out like, I think the cartoon's been on about four years before the movie comes out, right. so I it's the difference between me being like 11 and me being 15 and when when i saw the when i saw the commercials i was like this isn't going to be good <laughs> <laughs> and then i think i finally saw it on HBO, so i've seen it a few times but i i can actually look at it objectively and go no there's <laughs> there's nothing in here to enjoy
3: do you remember what was the he had like a tiger battle cat battle, battle cat, battle yeah. cat. Yeah. okay cuz my brother had the action figure he yeah. had like a he-man that would like ride on battle cat yeah. and like battle cat he, I'm pretty sure if I called my brother right now, he would still have those (laughs) somewhere in his house. But like, like, I just remember, I do remember the action figures, Yeah. but like, and then we were like so excited for an actual movie to come out. But like, I don't know, I was a bit, I don't know how old you are, but like, I was young enough to be like just excited and willing to suspend my disbelief. Yeah, I wasn't I mean, like skeptical enough to be like, this is shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, I was. John, oh, yeah. I think, oh wait, do we not swear? Yeah. Oh, we
0: swear, we swear. Okay. Yeah.
3: Uh, I was like, oh no.
0: Have your kids been introduced to any Masters of the Universe content? Because I've met your children, they're Yes,
4: rad. Yeah, uh, yes. when Netflix put them on, <laughs> I put the animated series on and my oldest son got super into it. And it was, like, November when it came out, so I went to Matty Collector, where Mattel would make the reissues. And and it was Black Friday, and I spent $300 getting every single person and then emailing my friends and saying, oh, there was no Tila, there was no... And they were like, I have another one, and mailing them across the country. And in about three weeks, he was like, I'm done. Oh, (laughs) and he was just out at that point so then it's so now you have a great collection no they went on ebay
0: (gasps) wait so i've been to your house and Mm -hmm. you have vast vast bookshelves filled with like custom figures and stuff what decides that they do or don't make the cut
4: the space is not unlimited I don't I don't live in a TARDIS. It's finite. I mean so I live in a TARDIS So
0: someone with a home to me is like, oh they have yeah. so many rooms Yeah, for yeah but the toys, home has right? walls. <laughs> yeah.
4: And eventually you fill those up okay. with Shelly so Batman over and over and over <laughs> again. Right,
0: it's just <laughs> It's all Batman.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Many Batmans.
1: I think kind of similar to John, it was the love of the cartoon that turned me off of this movie for so long, and it took me a long time to kind of calibrate to, like, looking at it on its own, and I think in that sense, like, it's kind of charming. Symphony and I were talking about There's things that are fun about yeah. the movie. Uh, there's parts that I like. I think some of the acting, like, is pretty good and balances out the absolute scene-chewing or apathy that's going on in the yes. leads. Uh, Billy Bardy showed up for this movie at least, right? Oh wait, poor Billy Bardy.
3: Wait, Billy Bardy is the Gildor. Oh, Gildor, okay. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he was like really being like, hey, I know I'm in this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also I uh, the guy who played um the guy who always wanted to eat the chicken and like Man but... in Arms? Yeah. Yes, Man in Arms. Okay. I'm sorry, he was acting his fucking ass
2: off. <laughs> with
3: what you have, with what the script, if like just thinking purely of the script without like any inflection, you're like, man, there's not much to work with here. But he was like really like building a world and built like building a past life. Dude, I know I'm getting deep into it, but like as an actor, sometimes you're like, whoa, like even if it's the shittiest part you've ever read in your whole life, you have to make, like, you have to make yourself believe it, right? Right. You have to just do your best. You know what I mean? You're getting paid for this. Like, are you going to just like phone it in and be like, this shit sucks. Like, I'm going to be terrible. No, you're going to be like, I'm going to bring my A game. You know? So that, like and
0: that's had to spend like six hours in makeup every day. He better work.
4: Oh, Skeletor is played by Frank Langella who's had a really yeah. long distinguished career. Mm-hmm. And he's great in
3: this. Can we talk about his lips?
0: (laughs) Yeah. he's. Well, he's he's, got parts that a skull shouldn't have. Well, right. It's
3: like a weirdly... I mean, this is really mainly a critique for the makeup artist. Um, But, like, there's, like, weird crinkles. I'm like, okay, it's like a skeleton, but, like... Would it have looked any better if there was just like teeth on the outside? Because you could see like the black lipstick and you're and like. And he has mm-hmm. vampire teeth. Yes, he did. On the ins- but they're on the inside, which messes with my brain. Well, I'm he's like. He's also
0: got eyeballs. Just the fact that he has eyeballs yeah. instead of holes is a whole
3: thing. He looks like the right. Evil Dead two poster.
0: Yeah. It's just, That's like, so someone had a rudimentary understanding of what a skull looks like. Maybe you know? it's, like,
3: elevated fantasy, and we just started... Sp- but, like, I just... I don't know. And th- uh, it pulled me out. And there's,
1: like, um, a handful of podcasts that have talked about the many production shortcomings of this show, so I don't want to spend too much time... Or this movie. So I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I will say... Uh, to John's earlier point, I was talking to Tim Seeley uh, over the break. Tim literally wrote a book on the history of human. He was the guest on our season premiere, or one of them. And he mentioned that this movie had been in production as long as the cartoon had been, right? So they started this, like, concurrently with the cartoon. It took so long to get finished.
2: Well, they were at a different studio, and they got dropped. So, uh, Golan Globus picked it up for Canon Films, which, uh, in the words of my father, when I first saw this movie, he turned to me and said, "Oh God." Canon it's going to be a piece of shit. <laughs> but there is a certain amount it was going to be a bigger budget film. It was going they developed this movie for years before they actually put it out. It came out in 87 by the time the line was almost dead. Yeah, so, wow. yeah.
4: Mattel thought the movie was going to revive the line until they saw the movie, right?
2: And, and then, then they were like, "I, I well, think,
1: I think we're done." And there was stuff like they had a film at night because they couldn't get clearance to film during like working hours because it was like the production was technically shut down. Yeah, the like, movie was
0: very dark, and everyone yeah. was literally dirty all the time. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure out if there was a reason. So thank you for explaining. Yeah. Well,
4: I always wonder what it would it must have been like if you were seven years old in 1987 and your dad takes you to. Masters of the universe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what was it like for you, Tim? <laughs> I mean, to me, it was amazing. I mean, I mean, Right. You have to see Skeletor move. And, <laughs> and, I mean, like, it wasn't...
3: It wasn't just your imagination and action figures. Yeah,
2: I mean... Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, Sam and I talked about this and, and other fans that, that came up were at kind of the right age that it is a perfectly serviceable film for kids who like toys. It's not a great movie, but right. but if you're like liking toys, I mean Frank Langella is still skeleton in my head, Shiny. and you know I mean it's it's a tie- it's a cash in for a toy line. I'm with you. Yeah. So but you it's ha- good cash in. for So it. you
4: guys had no problem with the fact that you were going to see Eternity in live action, but they spend all their time in a suburban record store. <laughs>
1: And a prom,
4: I, the first draft of that script had to have been an attack at the prom, and then they couldn't afford any
1: extras, so it's like, it's the sound check it's for the prom. <laughs>
2: for
1: um, let's talk about the thing we always talk about on this show. Is there any kind of interesting sociopolitical stuff going on in this movie? I I don't know that I'm in a state to talk about it, because I had some wine and, and just enjoyed the dumbness too much, but <laughs> maybe someone caught something interesting out there.
0: Uh, I do wanna say, uh, on a very surface level, I was impressed that a couple of shots were very female gazy. Like we, we saw a lot of abs, we saw a lot of booty on <laughs> yeah. dudes, you know, and that's yeah. loincloth
3: right. all over the place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, and, and never has He-Man looked more nude than when you put him Right. On, you're like, oh, you don't belong here at all.
3: I think maybe that's in Dolph Lundgren's contract though. <laughs> He's like, I need to be Barely covered and greased.
2: Well, it's it's directed by a gay
3: man. (laughs) All right. Well, then that makes sense with all the harness work, okay?
0: (laughs) Uh, I will also say, like, uh, I heard a couple audience members comment that this must have been uh, clearly a pre-9-11 film. Because we just are picking up a bomb. We found the forest, <laughs> yeah. like it's no big deal. There's school fires and it's no big deal. And also everyone's doors are unlocked.
4: Yeah, so. we're also definitely pre-internet because the cop says, I'm gonna take this thing and put it on the computer. <laughs> yeah. And instead he takes it back to the record store employee that Tom Paris already took it to, who didn't know anything about it. No. So it's like the small town. The guy that owns a record store is our expert. <laughs> All right. I mean,
1: he's the, Google. The cops, yes, the, the, the cops Charlie role Google in this movie, and the cops arc is so. I don't know if interesting is the right it's word. It's ridiculous. Yes. He
3: has
4: the least is. authority, <laughs> or cr- everybody just pushes him
3: around and takes his gun.
0: So He's I, meant
3: to be skeptical, I think. Just. I will
0: say, someone once told me, like, you know, you're an adult when you side with Disney villains or Benny from Rent. And I was siding with this cop in a way that was like, oh, I'm not a child anymore. This poor poor police officer, who's just dealing with like spaceships in the suburbs, having his weapon taken away from him. He's just trying to do his best. I felt for that guy. He
4: sort of has a meltdown. He does. Because he's just like, what, what, what? And then he just starts pointing his gun at people. And then they just take his gun away. And then he's like, but
3: but does somebody have a shotgun? But is that any different than cops today? (laughs) Uh, The police Just pointing their guns Yes he didn't Murder anybody (laughs) (laughs) He was Like he was Literally gonna shoot Multitudes of people He was
4: gonna shoot The people that were Siding with him Against the
3: monsters To be
0: fair He-Man pulled a gun Several times Which was An interesting choice
3: That was weird for me I didn't Mm. like that I don't
0: like he Man has a
3: gun. Yeah. I have a weird thing with attorney. But he did lack a few lasers with his sword. Eternia both
4: has like both has sword and sorcery and then just people have guns. Like Man in Arms is just full, full of, of guns. He's like cable in the eighties. <laughs> He's full of guns. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The movie was almost explicitly pro gun at certain
0: points though. I mean it almost had an anti-progressive message like after He-Man gives the gun to Courtney Cox to protect herself. I don't know if you caught it that he says to her, the gun kept you safe. Whoa. Okay,
2: but also, music saves the universe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, a seven note melody that, uh, this is a real deep pull, but does anyone else think it's sounding a lot like Head Over Heels by Tears for Fears? <laughs>
3: now I do
1: was only two years old when that movie was made yeah what songs from the easy chair what's that songs from the something chair is like a huge album when this movie was being made yes thank you
3: Um,
1: you guys want to talk about characters with like having a breakdown though Courtney Cox Boy, we talked in earlier episodes of our show about how Glimmer needs some help on Etheria. Poor Courtney Cox in this movie really, really needs to talk to somebody very badly. And I do kind of feel for her story. It's like the movie opens and she's ready to start a new life because she can't get over the fact that her parents are dead and she thinks it's her fault. But she's so fine with it. Is is she fine? She's just like, I'm gonna go away.
4: I've got three thousand miles. My my house is still full of boxes. I feel like she's not processing (laughs) it. Yeah,
3: no, she's completely just like running away from her issues and like any good therapist. Will tell you that's not the solution. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. She was ready to just like run away from her life and leave her boyfriend, who she was obviously in love with. Like it wasn't like they were having issues or like he cheated on her. She's like, no, my parents are dead. I feel bad. Bye. Yeah. Right. Like watching this in 2018, and they
1: set up the plot where she's like telling her coworker, "I think I'm gonna leave my guy," and. I'm like, okay, that's probably cool. Like, we probably need to see a plot where a woman, like, leaves her shitty boyfriend, small-town musician. No, like, she shouldn't leave him. She needs to, like, deal with her other shit. Right. And, like, stay with this guy. He saves her life with his keyboard playing. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, he does! <laughs> but, do you- like, I don't understand why he wasn't more upset. Like, he was just like okay, bye.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, as John said, this was a very confused movie.
3: That, yeah. was,
0: that, that gentleman was confused about what was happening in I his mean, life as well. if they
3: were in love, I don't know about you guys, maybe I'm a romantic, but like, I'm like, if you're in love with this person and like, they're moving across, wouldn't you be like, do you want me to come with Right. Me? I he thought he was sound... going with them because they, he wasn't. they covered
4: it so quickly. <laughs> they were sitting he in not. a van that had no steering wheel at all. And he's got like a bucket of chicken <laughs> in the driver's seat. And he's just like, so we got a bucket. Oh, and by the way, the weirdest product placement I've ever seen with ribs and chicken no but they set up they set up the, it's this local rib joint he works at the rib joint he's got a bucket of ribs that he puts in a microwave which explodes <laughs> and a- then and then he's sweeping away Burger King yeah. and I'm like this was Robbie's yeah. when did we eat burger you're full of ribs yeah. <laughs> he's a hungry
3: boy yeah. <laughs> in an empty house yeah oh my god Um, Mm -hmm. Also, I wished I had a bucket of chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or ribs. Or ribs. Pre-
1: preferably chicken. Did anyone like
3: find that? it bizarre that
1: Tila's like commenting on, oh, what a backwards planet. They eat meat. And then all the shots we see of Eternia are just like barren wastelands with like <laughs> five people staring at the sky like at a right. hologram of skeletons. There is no meat on Eternia. Yeah. <laughs> this
3: is what a planet full of vegans looks yeah. like. <laughs> That's what I
4: love in the end. I, I feel like you really saw the budget shrink anytime they there needed to be a crowd scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like, at the end when like skeleton. Skeletor appears in a hologram in one place, and he goes, people of Eternia, and there are six people on Eternia.
1: (laughs) But they don't eat meat.
3: And uh, honestly, I I feel like it was a still, because they weren't even, like, moving. They were just, like...
0: Like it
1: was a matte painting or something. They were really interested. (laughs) Right.
4: How often does Skeletor talk to them? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Right. Any world-building this film tried to do for Masters of the Universe fell flat for me. So the whole, like, they don't eat meat on Eternia. But, um... Also, just the the general, like, is Skeletor dead? There was a lot. <laughs> no, hold
1: on. I never oh saw this god. until tonight, but a couple of our savvier viewers, uh, Lily and Tim and some other people, noticed there's a post-credit scene in this movie, Lauren. Right. Oh, there's a I singer. Didn't, I didn't even see it. We, we never I saw ra- that. And
3: I randomly came in, and I was like, oh my god, what? So at the very end. For after, something we never got.
1: After all the credits, Skeletor's head pops out of the purple goop, and what does he even
3: say? I'm I'm back. You're not, bitch. There was not a master's university. Hold on.
0: I don't necessarily. Okay, that's awesome. I wasn't talking about the end of the movie though. He says when he gets all of this, you know, universal power, he's going to be quote reborn. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I thought you were cool being a skeleton. Oh, I see. I
3: see that he would have skin or something. Yeah.
0: But I I got it. I got reborn. Who hurt you?
4: I got really confused with the MacGuffin of this, because first it's, we have to get the key back, so let's use our key.
0: And I'm like, wait, wait,
4: there's two... Yeah, so now you have to have both keys just so they don't have the key? And then, at the end, when he gets the sword, and he's like, now I have the sword! I was like, when did you want the sword? (laughs) And then he plugs it in the throne, and it beeps. And then, then he's just... Then the, the... the window opens, and he's a god. Yeah. But then He-Man breaks his staff, and he's not a god. And the window's still open. So I
3: don't know what the rules were of why Skeletor's a god. I don't know what he wanted. Well, of. Other- also, also, like, if... Okay, the thing was He-Man was alive, right? And he didn't so like he, that. He didn't like that. But, like, he told him not to kill He-Man. I'm like, if... <laughs> He Man is preventing you from having the thing. Fucking kill him, you dummy! He's kill your enemies. He's got this
1: like psychosexual power dynamic going on in the end, which is really like it, when he was rubbing Evelita and, and, and like watching He Man Sk- be skullcap. beaten, and he's like clutching his staff,
0: that and he was like, oh yeah. So, yeah.
1: Orgiastically. Yeah.
0: Super canon, though. We've talked about this on our podcast before. How like making other people into like sexy slaves yeah. is a big part of this franchise. It, it really
3: sexy is. Slaves. Oh, yeah. so, you know,
4: speaking of good performances in this, <laughs> I don't think anybody beats Eva Lynn. Because Evelyn is living in that moment. Yes. There is not one shot of Evelyn that I thought wouldn't have been improved by her petting a snake.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Can I just... Every single shot. Can I just say, my mother's name is Evelyn. And when my dad is mad at her, he calls her Evelyn. And I was like, that's (laughs) cold-blooded. But she's a... Badass. Even though her contour is really heavy, um, she's like, she's like, I'm gonna go get this done, and she shames like each one, like Beastmaster, mm. the other one with the big bouffant hair. What's his name? R our Car- oh, I was like, Ard? all of our favorites from the Ard, cartoon, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, he
4: had the most to do yeah. and he was the one that was like, I don't even see an analog because, okay, that guy's actually Beast Man, yeah. even though he's a werewolf that apparently bleeds when he gets splashed with pneumonia. Yeah. And <laughs> then, then like, the blade was like trap jaw and they didn't want to keep doing the makeup on him.
3: And Those were like butter knives. And, yeah. and then it felt like Merman,
4: the makeup didn't not work, so they put, like, the Lando Calrissian <laughs> Skiff guard helmet on, and it's like, oh,
1: this is as much of the makeup as we can show, and yeah. then so they anyway, just kill him immediately. This
0: new Star Wars film looks great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, like, they were going to market this as the Star Wars of the 80s before they realized this was going to be a total, like, failure, and it, it lost $5 million at the box office. <gasps> Budget was $22 million, It brought in seventeen. Woo! This plus Superman 4 bankrupted the studio, uh, which someone mentioned that there wasn't a sequel. There was going to be, and it was going to star She-Ra, and it was going to be He-Man and Skeletor go back to Earth. They find She-Ra, and they duke it out on Earth again. Weird thing is, that movie got like 10% of the way produced, and everything they had for it became the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Cyborg.
3: What Isn't that? Yes. Wait. What? what? Yeah,
1: like the costumes in particular moved over to cyborg. That's
3: okay, now I'm
2: gonna watch that movie. Plot. Everything. They, they just replaced the names with uh, music names like Rick and like, they really literally replaced it all with like weird music names.
0: Okay. Well, first we know what movie we're watching next finale. Phenet- <laughs> oh my god. But second. This movie didn't have any lore about the royal family or origin or anything. No. So Shira, like, where would she have even come from?
1: He Man's never like, hey, my mom's bush. from Earth. Also, A there's, bush.
0: No, okay. there's no Prince
1: <laughs> Adam, like. Yeah, there's no world building at all. So when
0: you say they find She-Ra, that was literal. She's just, like, behind a dumpster.
2: She's
4: in
3: a crater in the (laughs)
4: forest, and Courtney Cox picks her up
3: and goes, look at this. Can we talk about how Courtney Cox's hair went from, like, (laughs) wet to, like, puffy and dry, and then, like, flat to then, like, curly and, like, friendly, and then I just... There were so many inconsistencies and speaking
1: of her inconsistencies with her arc, how about that ending where apparently also the key can alter the timeline or send yeah, characters you're... back in time. Oh right. The movie ends with Courtney Cox and her boyfriend remembering everything but being sent back to what a few months prior before no, the day. Crash. Oh, the was day. the day of the plane the, crash? But yeah, and I thought it
4: was good. It, for a minute, I was like, "Wouldn't it be great if it had the darkest ending ever?" Where they, she just has to relive that day over <laughs> and over. <laughs> it becomes <laughs> Groundhog Day, and they wow. always get on the plane wow.
2: <laughs> because they're fighting
4: her. She's like, she's got their keys. She's she's got the keys to the plane apparently, yeah. and she's like in, in her holly hobby dress going like you're not getting on the plane and they're like but your father's a good pilot and i was like oh my god it's the father's
3: fault she she literally (laughs) took the maps she didn't even take the keys. They'd be like, we know where the fuck we're going. <laughs> we're going up. We're going up and
0: over there. We going off. Has anyone ever played the video game Life is Strange? Yes. So in the video game Life is Strange, you have t- sort of time rewind powers, but you learn their limits when you go back in time. And in a very similar way, realize that you cannot save dead adult characters Ooh. because the so you have to like the the, the 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 parents in this video game go and they get in a car accident and no matter what choices you choose in this video game the car accident happens anyway and in that line you were talking about where they're like don't worry your dad's a good pilot i seriously thought that's the direction we were going i thought we were going to life as strange it but then i realized we were five minutes from the end of the video.
1: <laughs> It yeah, be a happy that's a real perplexing ending, and I asked a lot of other questions about why didn't they just go back in time to before Skeletor invaded grade school? I, I want to
0: point out, <laughs> Symphony said out loud at the while we were watching that now there's a time paradox, right? Because if the parents survive, then the timeline doesn't thing. work its way to them being able to assist He-Man, right? So what happens? They don't
4: send. They don't turn time backwards. They just send. Paris and Courtney Cox back in time.
0: Right, but... They all just stay there. Yeah, I, so that, they're
4: in an alternate it's like, timeline. Yeah, it's
0: an alternate so you're just time saying line. it's a completely different universe now. Yeah. I guess, okay,
3: Multiverse. I guess the argument can be... Made. <laughs> Multiverse.
0: <laughs> they, I guess they didn't contribute to the victory to of d man yeah. at all, so who cares if they <laughs> well, should? Well, and
3: that's the thing,
4: Cindy, you said before when you're like... Um, uh, that Courtney Cox, like, wasn't facing. She was in denial yeah. about her parents and she didn't get over it. They they completely avoided any character arc at all. She like, I the resolu- the resolution yeah. of her not dealing with the, par- the death of her parents is that her parents don't die.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and, like, she was so easily fooled by Evelyn, like, being her mom. She wanted, I mean, I guess, like, if your parents died tragically, you'd be like, I want anything from the, them to be back. But, like, I would be... Hella skeptical. If I saw my dead mom in an alley during a fire being fire. like, come here, yeah. come here, I'd be like, bitch, you're a ghost. <laughs> well, and Courtney
1: cox's scream after she turns back to Evelyn, like, oh my God, that what? was traumatizing. And she just keeps walking backwards. She's back yeah. like,
3: no, no. And I'm,
4: Evelyn I, is as convincing as her mother as to use another Evil Dead 2 reference as as the Henrietta is turning into the grandmother in the
3: basement. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please. Yeah, all the language is so nonspecific. Oh, your father and I have been working on something, and your friends are caught up with it, so why don't you bring me that thing, please? It's
4: so scary. It, yeah. it, it, it and she no sounded questions. Questions. She No, it really no sounded like friends. Evelyn didn't know the names of any of those people. Yeah, right. She didn't know the backstory. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, yeah, you got something we want. Um, yeah. Dad and I are... Uh, we don't know who they were. We're
3: like, are they? We were seeing the movie. Like, are they spies?
4: Yeah, he yeah, can it, fly it a plane. Like yeah.
3: Courtney Cox just was willing to believe, like whatever yeah. it was. Like, her, she's like, well, it looks like my mom. It must be my mom. My dead mom. <laughs>
1: yeah, and that's a great point that the movie like lets her out of any substantial character growth. I don't know that anybody has a real arc. Some characters go from
3: A to B, but we don't see.
0: Honestly, I cop. cop. Does a cop. Does the cop go go an arc. A... I think the cop ends the movie with the same priorities. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think... now he's
3: better off because he's like he's like I got this
0: lady. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here in this place. Why would
3: I go back? I don't think the cop is any more respected on Eternity.
1: They're like uh, they're like, like the girl's just like uh, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think he's going to adapt well to the vegan diet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what do you mean there's no chicken? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: uh, I just want to say that oh, I ship I ship Courtney Cox with literally every other character though
3: she other than her boyfriend. Yeah.
0: Her, yes. <laughs> I, I guess including her boyfriend. But she had she was like starry eyed He-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She uh, gave Wildor, Furby, a smooch, but also Teela. She had a moment with Teela as well. I was like, girl, dang. Yeah. Um, Everyone, you can be with, I I Maybe she's
3: pan, you know? She might be.
0: I have six fan fictions to write those.
3: (laughs) I think it's just the
4: reason Courtney Cox has had the best career, (laughs) because she connects with the people in her Can we
0: also talk
3: about old school Courtney Cox face? Because that shit is so different now. It's great. She I looked, love it. She
4: looked like super cute Margot Kidder. Yeah. In this movie. Well, and so I, yeah, and I kept thinking of that because she passed away this week, and I was like, I was like, she looks oh, like really? the. Really? She Cox did, Margot Kidder. Did, did not it. pass That's her... Courtney Cox is <laughs> fine. <laughs> not Courtney Cox. <laughs> well, Margo Kidder. I haven't Kitter. checked my phone
1: since we started recording. <laughs> 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 <Courtney> <laughs>
3: Cox is fine.
4: Anything could happen in Trump's America. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> the great culling of celebrities. <laughs> 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 oh man.
1: I, I'm
0: a big video game fan, and I will say I've never seen something more appropriately Super Nintendo boss level than the final fight with Skeletor. Oh yeah! Like uh, uh, Symphony yelled out, "It's blue versus yellow." Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can, it's 16-bit. I can see exactly how this is gonna go. And I see the pillars. I gotta dodge behind. Skeletor levels Come out up. With a sword. Right. Yeah. And then halfway through, his you think his health is gone, and then he turns into Sailor Galaxia, yeah. and
3: then he's gold. Can we talk? about about how his headpiece is like a little She-Ra? Yeah. It is a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Like it's a little bit like Medusa a little bit She-Ra.
0: Like, your sister. Yeah.
3: You know, it kind of blows right. my mind that there
1: weren't more toys from this movie because the Skeletor stuff especially seems very toyetic. Like it's designed to sell action figures. Right,
3: to so just like but. add, to like snap on. Mm-hmm.
0: The sorceress, too, really. The, like, crown that yeah. she was
1: yeah. wearing. I can see it. There's only three toys from this movie. There was Gwildor. There was Sorod, who was the Lando helmet guy. And then there was uh, Blade, who was, like... All, like your I characters. Characters.
2: Yeah, all
1: your <laughs> favorite characters. Uh, I, speaking of the acting, I do want to talk about Dolph Lundgren real quick because Woo! this is some of my favorite stuff in Please the movie. Please explain
0: to me what in this movie was dubbed and is the answer literally Great. Evident? Okay,
1: great question. So let's start by saying Dolph Lundgren is a uh, literally a brilliant man. He has a master's degree in chemical engineering. Uh, he is a genius, but the director and the production team felt that he sounded stupid because his accent is kind of... It's thick, right? So they considered even getting John Irwin, who voices He-Man on the cartoon, to dub over Dolph Lundgren's lines. <laughs> Dolph wasn't happy about that, obviously, so I think he went through three separate redubs until they found one that they liked. So Dolph Lundgren has dubbed all of his lines over, or most of his lines over in this movie.
0: Is Skeletor it's, dubbed?
2: Even, I don't want any innocent people more to die. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that was so natural. Yeah. Yeah. My, <laughs> fan, my favorite Lundgren line reading dubbed. was, He's in great danger. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just because English isn't his natural language, but he's like, I mean, obviously an incredible he's a beefcake. dude. He, yeah. He got better. Yeah. But, you know, this maybe wasn't his shining moment on the dialogue side. But, boy, he's a, he's a good-looking dude who really put some effort into the stunts He's a beefcake
3: movie. with his nipples out, so I have to commend him.
1: Also, he didn't have a stuntman on this movie, so he had to do all that shit himself. That was one of the ways the production cut corners. He had to do it all.
3: <laughs> Lots of jumping, (laughs) dodging around corners, shooting pew-pews.
0: The only other thing I want to call out is the uh, units of measurement. Oh, my God. Ah, yes, it's an yeah. What? Parsecions. I also think I heard Metapods, which is a Pokemon. <laughs> uh,
2: Metron, which is a fourth world record. Yeah, very oh, Jack Kirby. Thank
0: goodness, nerd. <laughs> I'm glad you're here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he literally writes for
1: DC Comics, I by know. the way. Yeah. I, know, <laughs> I, uh, I, know,
0: I know, I'm calling out like the biggest <laughs> we're on
4: a room. R- it's yeah, we're on <laughs> a live she podcast. You can't <laughs> call anyone a nerd in here. Um,
1: <laughs> really I, I love how <laughs> <laughs> they expect that Tom Paris and Courtney Cox. I love that we're calling him his character name, but Courtney Cox is Courtney Cox. Right. I love that Tom Harris and Courtney Cox, they expect them to know what those like measurements of time mean. We only have 0.61 whatever until moonrise. But they just accept
3: <laughs> it. Yeah, they're like, oh okay. Like that's the part that yeah. like is like yeah. <laughs> is
4: And you know that what? they're
3: just like yeah yeah And you're like come on and You know bro. why Symphony?
4: Because we got every one of those lines Wait, what? Man at arms said <laughs> one of those lines, and him. as you said, he, he committed. Yeah. So they he were was, like, yeah, right. yeah, like Have right. a gonad at huh? whatever that means." <laughs> yeah. So yeah. quick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, that, I think that about runs out of the things I wanted to talk about as well. Should we should we get to wrap in here?
0: Sure. I mean, thank goodness we had a movie in which a young white man got his confidence and his mediocre abilities back. I mean, Good. to be f- thank goodness that's representative. Uh, were there
1: any people of color in this movie at all? No.
3: <laughs>
1: Gweldor.
0: I mean, unless. <laughs> yeah, unless.
4: Some color. Is
3: Even <laughs> the <it's> orange. So. <laughs> yeah.
4: And Gweldor, that makeup got more distracting as it went. On because yeah. he, you could see Billy Barty, and God yeah. bless Billy Barty. Because Billy Barty, if you watch television in the 70s, he was the only small person that got any work. Yeah. yeah. And I, every time I see Billy Barty now, I think if he was alive today, he would never stop cursing at Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Because there was not one role like if Billy Barty didn't have to fall down a flight of stairs, that was a good day for Billy Barty. <laughs> yeah, and, but the true. makeup he had—he shot water out of like his, his neck. His gels.
2: Yeah, yeah they yeah.
4: were They did not come out of his ears. But it also looked like he had suffered a stroke at one point because <laughs> the, the makeup just wasn't moving okay, at all.
3: And I one know. eye started closing. Here's the thing. I know exactly where it went. It's like it was like nasal labial like to here <laughs> like it's all like one piece from like forehead to like under the cheekbones and then the rest like they added another piece like underneath like for the chin so that he could move freely but that had all the hair on it but then like anytime a wind blew you could see like the pieces I'm like girl your weave is showing <laughs> oh Billy Barty Billy Barty and he's like ha <laughs> ha
0: uh, so. so as someone who's never seen this movie before, m- the bar I was setting was very, very low, and I was actually entertained at a few points. I'm going to say that. A few points. A few Come points. On. I'm sorry, that's it, Eric. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not defending the film. I just think that's a great way to qualify how you felt about the last hour, well, 45.
0: it's not a great movie if you're into the lore, because it's missing so much of Eternia, Battle Cat's not there, but... Uh, it's also not a great movie if you're coming into it fresh, because as John said, it's just confused the whole time. So I don't know who this movie was for, I guess it was for Symphony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, to, I liked it! Yeah. <laughs> according to Wikipedia, it's become a cult film, and I think that's mostly people who aren't super into the franchise, but like, I I don't know, like Symphony, I see the charm in it, and I, yeah. I enjoyed watching it. I think this is the best way to watch it, with you guys, yeah. you're all lovely. Yeah. Um, So with that said, I was going to ask what your final thoughts were. So there we go. Let me quick do some plugs before we go. Everyone on stage here has their own shit going on. You listen to Welcome to Night Vale, obviously. And what else are you doing, Symphony?
3: Oh, uh, by the time this airs, uh, I have a new show called Good Morning Night Vale, where we talk about, we recap the Night Vale episodes and have fan questions and interview people. Um, so I have
0: that it's one. like Talking Dead but for Welcome to Night vale. that's right I'm so proud of you yeah <laughs> John you've
1: got caffeinated comics you
4: got caffeinated comics yeah we do it every week we're on the Radio Misfits podcast network so you can find us there or subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher um, almost completely off topic I'm also in a YouTube tribute band what uh, he's mono. Um, yeah
3: I've seen obviously. obviously who
4: else would he be Lauren was actually invaluable for putting the costume together because I need I leaned on her cosplay experience. And you gave me the best piece of advice ever about cosplay, is you told me, uh, no one, nobody will tell you what's wrong, they just know it's not right. And that is... I thank you for that, but we're actually playing Reggie's tomorrow, wow.
2: hey. before
4: U2 plays at the United Center. What's the name of
1: the
2: band?
4: Without U2. Without. So you can find our website, withoutu2.com. Uh, we play all over Chicago and in the Midwest. That's amazing.
1: Um, I want to do a quick few plugs for our offstage guest, uh, Tim Seeley. Tim is writing the forthcoming Masters Universe versus Injustice for DC Comics, first issues out in June. Uh, he wrote a book called The Art of Man. that is a great resource for all of the shit that we're talking about. Um, him and Sam like I said were the guests on our season premiere and that was super fun most of the people in the crowd are doing cool shit a lot of them have been on our show or maybe they'll be on our show Um, visit
0: Toy Du Jour listen to Who 37 who else has something to plug (laughs) Lord
3: or no one
0: <laughs> That's just because I remember we'll,
1: Send us links, we'll put it all on the site This is great, like, I, I, as Lauren said It's so cool that we, like, we have this nice community To support us for doing stuff like this So, thank you, this is a really dumb show I conned Lauren into doing a year ago And it <laughs> turned out pretty great But yeah, have a great night everyone Hey friends, thanks for listening to Season 2 of she Progressive of Power. By all accounts, it looks like we'll be back around August when the Netflix she drops. In the meantime, feel free to send us any thoughts you have about the show to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash progressiveofpower or our email address at progressiveofpower at gmail.com. We're also tracking developments of the new show on Facebook, and we've got a pretty great community of people there who interact, so hey, join the digital fun. Um, now at this point in the episode, we usually name check some of our favorite nonprofit organizations, but this time I just want to say, Hey, keep being awesome over the summer, keep supporting voices and causes that mean a lot to you because there's a lot out there that could use the support. Um, thank you all again. You're all wonderful. We'll see you in a couple months. Be safe. And, uh, for the honor of Grayskull.